You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, we're a day closer to Alabama playing football again. It, it almost feels like the home opener. It almost feels like opening day. It's been so long. It's crazy. It is. It's it's kind of bananas. Um, but what's not bananas is Kyra Lewis being drafted uh, number 13 overall, uh, lucky 13 in the NBA draft uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans, which he teams him up with Zion Williamson. Um, I think that's they're going to be great for him. And they've got a nice young team there. Uh, that is not exactly star studded and not flush with NBA history, but uh, I think that it's going to be a great spot for him. And look, because the team is so young and he's so young, I think it's a positive for everybody to give him, um, you know, some, some leeway here because he is, he's younger than some of the one and done guys. That's exactly right. I mean, super young. Right. I remember, I mean, he basically, he basically left high school. He was an early entry college guy because he didn't even play a senior. He, when he was a freshman in Alabama, he should have been a senior in high school. So he's really young. Couldn't drink at his own draft party. That's how young he is. Uh, and everybody should be a little patient. We talked about it uh, on our last show that basically every NBA player that's drafted these days is a project of sorts. Almost no one is coming into the league at all that's a fully polished, ready-to-go NBA player. So, you know, I, I don't know that we'll see Kyra a lot in the starting lineup early in the season, but uh, with his speed uh, and ability to handle the ball, I do think uh, we will see Kyra on the floor and maybe by the end of this upcoming season, he'll be out there quite a bit. Yeah, I think he could certainly be playing a lot. I mean, look, when you're drafted in the first round, they're going to play you in the NBA. I mean, it's, it's kind of rare not to. I mean, um, unless you go to a team that's already pretty stacked, and I don't think New Orleans would be considered a stacked team just yet. But I'm really happy for him. Um, you know, who would have thought two years ago at Hazel, he was at Hazel Green High School and now he's with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I've got a new team to root for. I've been rooting for the Cavaliers, and, of course, they drafted um, Auburn's Isaac Okoro. I think that was an interesting pick at number five. I thought maybe a little bit high. Um, but you know what? He's a great defender, and uh, now he's going to be teaming up with Colin Sexton, and, and I'm sort of going to be a Cavaliers fan too. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, New Orleans is our, our, our local team here in the, in the Mobile Market, uh, just a – <laughs> two, two and a half hour uh, drive down I-10. And uh, I, I'm in New Orleans frequently for, for my wife's work. So uh, I'm I'm very excited to one day when uh, when COVID has come and gone that uh, to go to the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans and uh, watch Kyra Lewis play for the Pelicans. I can't wait. Definitely. I want to make that trip too. I hadn't been to a New Orleans game. I've been to a Memphis game and that was pretty fun. But I hadn't been to a – I've been to a Hawks game, of course. been to a Mavericks game. I'm trying to think all the NBA places I've been. Um, boy, that may be about it. I can't really remember any others. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kyra Lewis, congratulations to him. Happy for him. I saw Colin Sexton tweeted at him saying, hey, congrats to my Bama brother. I'm glad to see uh, that kind of kinship is beginning. And uh, I dig it. So, 
meanwhile, talking, we talk about Alabama's, I mean, the, the basketball's past. Let's talk about the future. J.D. Davidson. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you've seen the latest yeah. YouTube highlights of him playing uh, Jeff Davis, ironically J.D., um, but he absolutely lit them up. Now, the Calhoun School lost, but J.D. is a 7A school. The Calhoun School is a 2A school, and uh, they J.D. ended up winning by like 20 points. But uh, J.D. Davidson was far and away the best player on the court, and his the highlight reel from that game is disgusting. He is, first of all, if he was playing at a 7A school in Alabama and every week his competition was against Hoover, Spain Park, Prattville, you know, Daphne, uh, you know, uh, Murphy, uh, if that was the competition, he would still be the best player on the floor by far. But when he is playing uh, schools his own size, and, and in this particular instance, a much bigger school, also a 7A school or, you know, a bigger school and Jeff Davis, it is absurd how much better he is than everybody on the floor. He is very exciting to watch. He is so skilled. Uh, just can't wait to see him play against people his own size. It's, it's almost comical uh, to watch him explode past. He, he just literally looks like a, a, a college basketball star playing with, with a handful of high school kids. I mean, he – he is something else. I, I love the fact that he's such a to-the-rim player in high school. It'll be very interesting. You know, he is going to have to make an adjustment in college. I, while, while I'm sure he will attack the rim in his role as a point guard at Alabama, uh, you know, he's going to be on the perimeter a lot more, you know, at the next level. So that, that, that's going to be an adjustment for him. You know, maybe uh... – Javon Quinterly is still here, and and he and JD are playing on the same team, and both of them are kind of like a hybrid point guard, you know. Right. Both of them are. Who knows? Um, it's going to be interesting, though. I highly recommend everybody to go check out YouTube. Uh, the our Twitter page uh, tweeted it out the the highlight from that. So if you follow us on Twitter, definitely go check that out. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Coors Light. Go to CoorsLight.com. But more importantly, go to your local convenience store or local grocery store and, and just pick you up a case of Coors Light and get ready to chill all weekend. It's been a stressful few weeks, no Alabama football. So this weekend, grab a cooled Coors Light, crack it open, and get ready to watch the tide roll as you relax and chill. Your whole week has been go, go, go. You don't want to do that on the weekend. You want to have some of that refreshing Coors Light. It's absolutely delicious. It's the beer of choice. For all things locked on, and we appreciate you guys indulging us and having a cold Coors Light brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. Please, please, please drink responsibly when Alabama brings them that big win over Kentucky this weekend. Coors Light, go to CoorsLight.com. Also, want to tell everybody about Built Go. BuiltGo.com is the place to go. B U I L T G O.com. These little packets, they, they've got um, th these little packets that are just chock full of energy. They're delicious. They're three flavors. I have one before I work out now. They're, I'm so used to them, and, like, I don't know what I'd do without them. I mean, they're delicious, and they get you ready for your workout. Great for keto diets. I mean, they're not going to fill you up or make you feel weird. It's not, not like not like a five-hour energy. Um, go to BuiltGo.com. Give them a try. Use promo code LOCKEDON 
I promise you, if you work out or if you just go to work or if you just walk anywhere on a daily basis, if you ever feel tired, Built Go, these little packets, man, they will make you feel like a million bucks and there's no crash when you're done with it. It's awesome. Go check them out at BuiltGo.com. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On. All right, Jimmy. So we got Kentucky coming up this weekend. Been a lot of great stories about Mac Jones and, and you know, formerly uh, Kentucky commit and some old pictures have resurfaced. He looked like he was about 145 pounds soaking wet when he committed to Kentucky. Um, obviously, now things are a little bit different. He's got that good little uh, in-shape dad bod going, which I dig. And he's kicking butt. We need him back out there on the field to uh, reestablish himself and reassert himself in the Heisman race. Uh, he's obviously in the mix, probably in the top three, uh, if not top two. But uh, Kyle Trask has done some damage. And and uh, so we need Mac Jones to come out there and perform, not just for Mac Jones, but I mean, I think for Alabama as a whole. Uh, but I'm looking at this uh, selfishly for Mac Jones in the sense that I definitely want him to bring home that hardware. So I think he needs to have a big game this weekend against a pretty downtrodden Kentucky team that gave up a lot of points to Vanderbilt. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, when you don't play, it's it's for the same reason Trevor Lawrence, who was playing great and was kind of leading all this Heisman stuff, and then he missed a couple of games due to COVID, and that knocked him out of the perch just simply because it's not because all of a sudden we reevaluated the way Trevor had been playing. It was just that, hey, out of sight, out of mind, and that's what hurt Trevor. Now the exact same thing has sort of happened to Mac, out of sight, out of mind, and Kyle Trask has gained, Justin Fields has gained, I think Zach Wilson BYU has gained. Uh, the good news is it seems to me there's still several games to go, but it seems to me I, I would – I don't want to wager on much with the Heisman, but one thing I'd be sort of willing to wager right now is, is the Heisman winner going to come from those five guys? Is it going to be Trevor Fields, Mac, Kyle Trask, or Zach Wilson? I, I've – I would wager that it is. I would be really stunned if it's someone other than those five that wins it. So uh, in that sense, uh, things are going well for Mac. Uh, He's also going to play in some big games before the votes are in. He will get to play Auburn. He probably will get to play LSU. Uh, And uh, and then the SEC championship game is obviously going to be watched by every single Heisman voter because that may be what – you could almost sense CBS building drama before an Alabama-Florida SEC championship game by saying the Heisman's going to be decided today in a game between Mike Jones and Kyle Trask. So uh, he, he has an excellent chance. He's definitely in it, but out of sight, out of mind. And, uh, yeah, I agree that uh, Justin Fields and Kyle Trask in particular have uh, gained ground on Mac. So I think in the end, and we'll have our prediction show uh, come tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly when we'll cut that show, but we will have a prediction show tomorrow. Uh, I think we just need Mac Jones to to put up some big numbers in this game, and I think he's capable. Uh, he's certainly capable, but I'm saying earlier in the year it would have seemed like doing this against Kentucky may be sort of a, a tough task, but I think right now Kentucky looks like a team that's they're, – they're teetering. I mean, there, there are a lot of teams out there that are teetering uh, barely hanging on. I saw something today where Mississippi State may only have like 55 players available to play Georgia this weekend. Frankly, I forgot oh. they're playing Georgia this weekend. Um, but they may only have 55 players, and it's not really a COVID thing. It's it's more just 
injuries, opt-outs, transfer portals, whatever. In fact, I thought it was interesting. Nathan Pickering, who Alabama certainly coveted, is transferring or, or opting out. I don't know that he's transferring or entering the draft, but uh, that was a guy that Alabama certainly wanted. I remember calling him in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, and I thought he was a great player. I thought that uh, I would love for Alabama to have had him, but he, he stayed in Starkville. Just interesting that uh, Mike Leach isn't just pissing off running backs. He's pissing off everybody on that team. That's right. Uh, and, and if you look back over the history of Leach, when he first arrived at Texas Tech, when he first arrived – at Washington State, there's been sort of a pattern here, a pattern that's repeated itself now three times, which is before Leach builds it up, he tears it down. And, and that's what's going on in Starfield right now. He's tearing it down, and it can't be a comfortable feeling. Uh, I would imagine a lot of Mississippi State fans right now, I bet a lot of them, I'm not saying they're regretting hiring Leach just yet, but I bet a lot of them are uncomfortable with what they see uh, even if in the end uh, they're going to end up with a better football program three years from now, uh, that doesn't mean the teardown part is fun at all. There's got to be a lot of nervous Mississippi State fans out there. I th- if I was a Mississippi State fan right now, I'd have some serious buyer's remorse. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> not um, it's It's really tough to watch because uh, Mississippi State's always been a program sort of, you know, living on the edge anyway, uh, but they've always fought really hard. And I feel like, man, this this weekend against Georgia, uh, even against – and is JT Daniels starting for Georgia this weekend, by the way? Yes, I have read repeatedly that he is, and uh, it's a great first start for him in the sense that he's playing against a team that is uh, shorthanded yeah. and sort of quit. So I would imagine JT Daniels will look good. But I, I think there's a lot – you know, partly it's because he came from the West Coast. I think there's a lot of confused SEC and Alabama fans about over JT Daniels. And I, I think there's a lot of, he must be terrible. I mean, I just see so many comments of people that sort of mock him and Jordan. I'm like, these people must not have seen him play as a high school 12th grader, nor as the starting quarterback at USC as a true freshman. He, he was really good at USC. And, you know, while USC isn't exactly, a, you know, a playoff-type team, that doesn't mean they don't have a good quarterback. As a matter of fact, the guy that beat JT Daniels out, the guy who Wally – he got Wally pipped. He didn't get – he didn't get benched. He got hurt. And while he was hurt, he got Wally pipped. And the guy that Wally pipped him, by the way, might be the very first pick in the 2022 NFL draft. He got Wally pipped by that guy. So – Nothing that happened at USC is an indictment on JT Daniels as a player. And this was a five-star kid who started as a true freshman and was impressing people, uh, you know, at USC. So I don't know how serious the injury was in terms of how it's going to affect him going forward. I know it's a new offense. It's a new atmosphere. There's a lot of negativity in Athens. All of those things will be factors, but – JT Daniels I saw play at USC was a damn good football player. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's just, it's just been an injury thing. And I think it's just the nature we live in. I mean, if you don't win the national championship with the Heisman, you suck. I mean, there's, there's, there's two ways to go. You're either the best it's ever been, or you're a wadded up pair of boxer shorts. I mean, it's just, (laughs) well, I don't know where I came from. By the way, no, you're right. uh, 
I don't know where the hell I came up with that. Let's take a break. And then I want to talk about a few other things, Jimmy. All right. So <clears throat> before the break, I was, when I said wadded up pair of boxer shorts, it reminded me, Nick Saban said yesterday at his press conference, you know, we can't just play wad ball anymore. And I thought, I've never heard that before. And it's so badass. I'm going to use it in every single context. I could probably use it from here on out. That's the best thing I've ever heard. It's kind of like one of those things. You've never heard the phrase. I've never heard the phrase. I've never heard anybody use that that word ever. And then you said it, yet you immediately know what it means. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like, I've never heard of that word in my life. But, uh, but I know exactly what he means. And obviously he's talking about the era of football when everyone had a fullback and two tight ends and the defense put nine guys in the box and it was just a slug fest Oklahoma drill in the middle of the field and everybody was just in some giant wad and you hoped every now and then your running back would burst out of the wad and make a play. Uh, we, we, we don't play. We, we, we don't play that. This is locked on Bama after dark, man. The yeah. way you put that. That did sound terrible. I could tell the way it I could tell what that sounded like as I said it, but not in my brain before I said it. Do you ever say things like when you're saying them in the process of your saying it, your brain's like, oh God, no. And but it's too late. Your mouth's already moved and the words have already come out. In the history of our podcast, there's been at least 58 times where I've heard myself say something and immediately thought, well, there goes the podcast. We're fired. I'll never forget this, Jimmy. When I was um <laughs> I was talking to a a friend of mine's mom. This was like, I was probably 21 or so, like, you know, just drinking age or maybe 19, another drinking age. And um, we were at this friend's house. They're big Auburn fans. And I think this must've been like in the uh, 90, you know, 90, 91 season or something, 92 season when Auburn wasn't very good. And they had an off week coming up and I was drunk. And the, the mom who's a, the biggest all with that whole family was comes down to check on us or whatever. And she makes some smart ass comment about me wearing an Alabama shirt. And I was like, don't you worry about it. I'm sure y'all are going to beat off this weekend. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that has stuck with me forever. And, and I mean, you know, it's funny. You couldn't say bye. You couldn't say bye. I couldn't say bye or be idle, you know, <laughs> or anything. Beat idle. You know, I could have said anything, but I mean, I said beat off. And I said it with such vigor and, and so stupidly that everybody fell out, looked at her. She was like, you know, what are you doing? Are you, is this your weird way of hitting on me? And, you know, I mean, it's just, it was, it's really just stuck with me. I mean, I hate, I feel like this podcast is my confessional sometimes. I've said a lot of interesting things. About I can't even life. tell the story of when I did something uh, similar because it truly is, uh, it, can, it, can't, it can't even be said on a podcast, but uh, probably about the fourth or fifth time I was around my future father-in-law. I mean, you know, imagine, you know, your future, you know, you're dating somebody. It's gotten serious to the point you've met the parents. Uh, I, I was around him maybe three or four times in the past, and it always been respectful, very quiet, didn't say darn or heck, just minded my manners, didn't try to be funny or the life of the party, just respectful and quiet, didn't want to say anything controversial. And then we were uh, leaving a football game, all, all of us in a, in a, in a truck, 
uh, him and his, his girlfriend were in the front, and uh, they got in a dispute over uh, which way to go. We were, we were, to be honest, we were in Memphis. We were in Memphis at the, uh, at the bowl game there, the Liberty Bowl, because his, his favorite team was playing in the Liberty Bowl. And uh, so we all, we all went to it, and uh, when we were driving away, there was some confusion about which direction to go. And, of course, I'd had a few beers. I was uh, 21, and, uh, and they, they sell beers at the Liberty Bowl to 21-year-olds. And there'd be, uh, you know, there'd been a few beers for me, and uh, they were kind of arguing, and it was getting, not heated, but almost to the point of being awkward. And out of nowhere to diffuse the awkwardness or to perhaps create tenfold the awkwardness. I said an X rated saying (laughs) that horrified my girlfriend at the time. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, I'm not sure that was a good idea. It was followed by a solid two or three seconds of silence. And then what did you say? What is it? Rolling laughter. Uh, let's what see, how can I say this on a, on a family show? Um, These I are all dysfunctional families that yeah, listen I, to us, by the way. <laughs> I informed the girlfriend that, no, I informed, I informed his girlfriend that he was uh, doing something bad to a mule and that she should just hold its head straight. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how. The, what saying is that? <laughs> I don't know where. I'd heard it. I'd heard it in the past. It just seemed apropos because I was just trying to like diffuse. The, and then as I said it out loud, I'm like, I don't really know that that word and that description was a good idea, considering I've yet to say anything beyond darn or heck yet in the three or four times we've met. But there was silence. And then there was rolling laughter. I mean, rolling. There was there was three or four minutes of laughter. I guess because it came from such a. It wasn't just that it was funny. It was the the source of who said it, and it was uh yeah. That's, that's uh, but you know, uh, I'm glad yeah, I didn't was, say beat the off week though. Yeah, no, that just been worse. Just no, I didn't say beat the off week. Beat the off, well, beat off. Off. I said you'll beat off this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be and the only way. thing she could have responded with that would have made it better was if she'd go, who told you about me? That would have been funny. Um, but um, it, it, this also reminds me, and I mean, look, we're going to do predictions tomorrow and, and you know, talk about all that. So everybody bear with us while we tell stories. Um, a friend of mine who's a lawyer here in town, uh, he was questioning a witness. And the witness was accused of, uh, this is like the the fifty uh, something year old uncle of somebody who was accused of abusing um, in a bad way. That look, this story gets funny, so don't don't. I'm not trying to, but I mean, I need to preface it. With that. I know it's, it's, We're this, this show. podcast took a turn for the worst. Uh, so he's he's being questioned up on the stand, and his lawyer told him, "Look, just don't incriminate yourself. Just plead the fifth, you know." And so the guy says. Um, you know, did you, did you have, uh, did you kiss your niece, your young niece? I plead the fifth. Okay. Did you, um, did you rub up on her body on your body forcibly? I plead the fifth. Did you remove her undergarments 
and then put them on your head. He goes, no, wait a minute. I didn't do that. <laughs> just wait a damn cotton picking minute, boy. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you, I can just see his lawyer throwing his clipboard in the air like Lane Kiffin. You know, like, I <laughs> So, wow. Wow. Uh, as a lawyer, you so know Alabama's playing Kentucky, huh? Huh? So Alabama's playing Kentucky, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, look, there's nowhere we can this, but I think we'll cut the podcast short here. Uh, it's a short podcast day because we couldn't, we wanted to oh. wait. We wanted to wait to do this podcast until we knew where Kyra got drafted because there was nothing, there'd be nothing dumber than us coming on here and trying to guess where Kyra got drafted after he'd already been drafted. So I would have guessed the Pelicans. I, I literally would have guessed the Pelicans. It was yeah, one of the few things I ever would have gotten right. Me too, but I'm saying, you know, for a moment there, the way the draft was going, which was a lot of surprising picks, it didn't yeah. feel like that was going to end up that way. So, anyway, that's where we are. We will be back tomorrow with our prediction show. And I've got a shocking it. Alabama prediction too, folks. So y'all, y'all, y'all need to turn in. I think y'all might be a little surprised at what my prediction is. Whoa. Like to hear it. That's, that's what we call a teaser in the business, Jimmy. Um, we did and, a lot uh, of teasing in this one. At least we don't have to beat off this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we don't have to. Two or three weekends in a row. Two or three weekends in a row. It's habit forming. Habit forming. Speak for yourself. I've lost both weekends. <laughs> so all right uh that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on bama roll tide everybody roll tide predictions tomorrow